For years, I just dreaded going to the dentist. But at Advanced Dentistry, I don't have to. First and foremost, they want you to feel comfortable when you walk in. Like, you'll feel it. Whereas in the past, I might have gone into the dentist and thinking, I might feel some pain at some point. But with IV sedation, it can be something that you don't dread. If you've been avoiding the dentist because of fear, worry, or just not wanting to be judged, you're not alone. Visit NoFearDentist.com to learn how IV sedation can change your life. Ready for an amazing deal? BreezeLine's fiber-powered internet starting at $19.99 per month offers the reliability you deserve and security you can trust. Whether you're streaming, gaming, or working from home, we've got all your needs covered with speeds up to 1 gig and our two-year price lock guarantee. This deal gets even better with two free months of internet, free equipment, and free Wi-Fi your way to protect against cyber threats. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires July 8, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? I get your house slump. Yes, no, I know, yes. but after the show, we have to start. <laughs> All right, welcome to the last podcast on the left, everyone. I'm Ben Kissel. With Marcus Parks. Henry just decided to jam his face full of beef jerky right we before just we got, I just wanted to plug the delicious jerky. Who sent us this batch of jerky? Uh, this batch of jerky. We actually, we asked for jerky one week. Next yeah. week, we get three shipments Keep of it. Keep sending it because now <laughs> I'm back in the studio. And I, all of these fucking piggies yeah. have yeah. been horsing it down. Mm. Yeah, we gave it. We had the live show last Saturday. Who uh, All the fans that showed up all got to partake in, what, three pounds of beef jerky? And I didn't get a scrap of it. Oh, you were too busy filming a television show. Oh. Well, then you miss home, out on beef jerky. I want homemade jerky. Uh-huh. Yes. That, this uh, batch is from uh, Jeremy, uh, Nicholas, and Christina, either Bochamp or Beecham. There are different, two different uh, pronunciations for that. Randy Katzen, of course, sent mm-hmm. us wonderful, wonderful, wonderful beef jerky. And Joe Harvey, uh, who also came out to the live show, also yeah. sent us some, uh, some wonderful jerky as well. Resend well, the jerky. I am <laughs> Putting, I want to put in a new order for more jerky. <laughs> All right, but this is not a holiday to be celebrating beef jerky. This is a holiday for candy, and that holiday, of course, is Halloween. Well, I would say that beef jerky is like meat candy. I don't think you can give beef jerky to the kids, Henry. I would. Yeah, but just what? One piece of beef jerky and from I, your grubby hands? Well, I would I would hand it out and be like, this is a piece of my old neighbor, Tom. Right. And I, t- I took Tom. <laughs> And I remember we were playing a poker game, and I made him drink about four shitloads of Jameson whiskey. Have mm. you ever had some kids? You have some. You have some. Have some on your lips, huh? And guess what? He told me he had four aces, and I knew that he had up to 16 aces inside mm-hmm. of his pocket because he had brought up to 12 extra packs of cards with him. And that's the difference between a haunted house and a house of horrors. And then what I did is I took a screwdriver, and I stuck it up in his dick, piece it up into his balls, and I mixed around the fucking cum in his balls, and I went mm. into his blood, and he got blood cancer. So, happy Halloween! Good. Very good. <laughs> I just want to be... I just want to be alone. You will be. Don't even worry about it. And you will creep out children your entire life. I promise you, Henry. But what's... I mean, let's get uh, let's get into Halloween. We Where did it begin? Finally here. We're releasing oh. it tonight. Tonight is Halloween Eve, mm. October 30th. Ooh. And 
oh man, I love Halloween. I like it when I, I like ladies in sexy costumes, mm-hmm. and I also like them in, in dowdy costumes. <laughs> and I like men in in costumes where you could see too much of their bodies too. That's right. I love Halloween. That's right. I'm going to Superman, but with his balls revealed, <laughs> which is kind of an exciting costume. Women always get the cleavage up top. We got to show more balls. Ball yeah. cleavage. Yeah, Ball definitely. cleavage. Yeah. Uh, and Marcus and I, uh, dog meat and I, are going to go as uh, adepts yes. of the uh, Hermetic Order of the Golden Dong. I have mm. my Crowley or my Golden Dong Crowley era costume all worked out. Right. I got my snake head. I got my pyramid sides. I got my robe. I got my little wand, and I am ready to fuck a fish because my girlfriend's going as a fish. Okay, <laughs> so you do tend to dress to get laid, but then neither of you. I don't even think your girlfriend will be touching you. I think my girlfriend's going to be Catwoman. <laughs> Crawling all around. Very good. All right, let's get into some Halloween. Uh, let's get some truth out there. Well, we're going to be going through the history of Halloween, and then later on we're going to be going through a couple of famous Halloween murders. Yes. But let's start way back when. Let's do the way back time machine. Michael J. Fox and I can't tie my shoes. No, no, way, way back. You can't tie your shoes now. Way, way back. Hey, Dr. Brown, why you got to be on the skateboard all the time? Marty! That's the only Michael J. Fox I remember. That is the worst Back to the Future reenactment of all time. Isolate it. Marty! Uh, Dr. Brown, why you gotta be hanging out with my dad is Christopher Glover? That's great, guys. Really impressive episode so far. Really impressive. Well, All Hallows' Eve, or Halloween, as it eventually came to be named, was originally a festival of fire and death. And the powers of darkness. Yeah. It's really only since the 1950s, particularly here in America, that Halloween has become the happy, fun, good times that it is today. Yeah, right. fucking chill for the candy corn industry. <laughs> that's a, that is absolutely true. Uh, the candy corn industry calls this their Super Bowl, and that's not a lie. I also <laughs> truly am at... The same batch of candy corn has existed since the beginning, right? Yes, yes. They only made eight candy corns entirely. Because like, yeah. no one's eating them. No. I, I do. I love candy corn. That is, again, mm. you're smelling dirt. <laughs> um, you got a raccoon penis right next right. to your keyboard and you eat candy corn. You are, you are a chupacabra. If you plant a candy corn in the ground, it makes a trailer. Yeah, it's a trailer house. That's how trailer parks began. Well, the roots of Halloween lie with the Druids, a Celtic priest Ooh. class operating operating out of England, Wales, and of course Ireland. And if you play one in D and D, you get a magical knowing role, <laughs> and also you you can get a knowing role, and also for translations of foreign languages because technically you've been schooled and or of a mage. Perfect. It's, you could also call it a mage. <laughs> Well, they held, the Druids, they held two great fire festivals every year. Uh, it's Beltina, that's spelled Beltane, but it's, spelled, mm-hmm. it's pronounced Beltina, on the eve of May the 1st, Henry's birthday, and Samhain, which is spelled Samhain, on the eve of November the 1st. Which is also what uh, a Chinese man says at a restaurant when he's putting pepper on your dish. <laughs> Samhain. Not going to give it oh. to him. All right, Marcus, move on. Oh, say when. <laughs> okay. So, okay. It doesn't matter. It's just a racist joke. <laughs> well, according to Yahoo Answers, modern pagans are very touchy about the correct pronunciations. They will get very angry with you if you say Sam Hain instead of Sawin. Okay. 
well, in ancient Ireland, a sacrifice was offered every year to the gods by order of the Irish king Tuad. Is that how that is pronounced? I think it's the closest I can come. Tuad. Tuad. Sounds good. Thank you. I'm going to go with yes. <laughs> That's Gaelic for shit face. Oh. <laughs> I'm just going to say that because I can. Because I don't know. Well, all the druids of Ireland would gather on October 31st to sacrifice cows and horses on a great fire. And then on November 1st would sacrifice a black sheep for the spirits of the dead to consume. So on Halloween night, they'd have a barbecue. And on November 1st, we have lamb. <laughs> right. That's pretty much it, isn't it? <laughs> Except they wouldn't eat it. Oh. What, what they'd they just do? burn it. That's disrespectful to the animal. Well, you can't, if you're sacrificing to the gods, you can't eat it yourself. That's the whole point, is that you're sacrificing it so you can't have it. I would they love have if it. the gods came down and was like, Mr. Zabrowski, where is my sheep? Where is my black sheep? I was hungry for black sheep. I haven't had it since last year. Oh, let me find Ms. it. Um, <laughs> Ms. But let me just uh, it unbuckle like my pants because <laughs> I kind of let them open. I just kind of breathe through. Let me lick your face and see if that tastes like black <laughs> no, sheep. No, 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 um, I would also, but I would show up definitely in a big robe with a big fake beard on going like, ha, 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 ha. yes, God of the North has come for some of this. Mmm, is this medium rare? Excellent. I will take it to my God family. I, so I will need all of it. So we're not going to just put me at that. Thank you very much. Well, fire has always been a part of Halloween from its earliest days. In the 1860s, a man traveling through Scotland counted 30 fires on hilltops between Dunkeld and Aberfeldy, each with a circle of people dancing around it. God, that must have been awesome. Yeah. Oh, man. Every- Halloween used to be great. Right. I mean, it's still good, but it used to be all fire. Well, yeah, you can't have a fire in the middle of Brooklyn dancing around that. Yeah, yeah, we'll just, they'll call it a a tragedy. Right. (laughs) Well, we'll get to the fires in the middle of cities later on. However, back in the past, in North Wales, there was a tradition in which every family built a bonfire with each member throwing a white stone, which he had previously marked in his own personal marking, into the fire. Prayers were said, and the next morning, if a particular family member's stone was missing, it was said that the owner of that stone was would die before the next Halloween. Cool. They do the same thing at the projects, but with crack rocks. And the trick <laughs> is, is that all of the rocks are always gone at the very end of the night. Mm. Is that a sacrifice to their god? No, no, no. They're just smoking crack. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> Not saying it, it could be anywhere. It could also be in Missouri. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It, or it could be in a trailer park with meth rocks. Crack yes. cocaine knows no race. <laughs> Only knows fun. <laughs> Well, certain Scottish villages had the tradition in the 19th century of boys asking for, quote, Pete to burn the witches as fuel for their bonfire. And once the fire had been lit, the boys danced around it shouting, Fire, fire, burn the witches. <laughs> fire, burn the witches. <laughs> it's kind of a fun thing to do. Simple but fun. Yeah. Fire, <laughs> burn, the, burn the witches if you would. If you, if you could, please, burn, mm-hmm. burn the witches. <laughs> and as to why October 31st was chosen, November 1st, the next day, marked the beginning of winter for the Celts. The previous year was dying, so the veil between the land of the living and the dead was thinnest. And, it, and as we see in most magic things and, and, and most spiritual ideas, is that because it's, it's both symbolic and a physical change, because it is the changing of the seasons, you can see, and because it, the 
the seasons meant everything to ancient man. So th- that's why, you know, like the, the Jesus myth mm. came from the, you know, the changing of the seasons, the idea of rebirth. It's it's very interesting how you can then extrapolate it like as above, so below, as mm-hmm. we'll learn in the next week's episode of following the left-hand path. Yes. The seasons were basically the first television. You needed four channels. <laughs> and it was really exciting. Hey, man, each one of those shows were five months long. Whoa. <laughs> Love that new season of winter. Ooh, great, great show. Great episodes. I liked last season better when my son didn't die. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was dramatic season. Dramatic season. Yeah, this one. Now, as is common among ancient peoples, offerings of food and drink were left out for the ghosts and spirits, and the ghosts always moved from east to west, mm-hmm. the direction of the dying sun at sunset. Well, one Irish tale tells of a young man who stayed out too late on Halloween and met a band of fairies. They, as fairies are wont to do, gave him wine and fairy gold and treated him well. But when the young man looked closely at their faces, he saw that each fairy wore the visage of a neighbor who had died, some of them years before. The fairy shrieked with laughter and tried to hug, tug the boy into a dance with him, presumably a fairy circle. Mm. He struggled away and passed out, but woke up the next morning inside a stone circle, arms black and blue with the marks of fingers. Now, we know that... I am reformed about the Irish. You're um, reformed? I'm reformed. I believe that they are beautiful people. I love their culture. I love their singing. I love their, their, their men and their women. I love their... But I, I think it's almost safe to say that in this instance, right. that man was shithouse drunk. Yeah. Well, who reformed you about the Irish? I did. I what, saw you the felt guilty? of my ways. This is the one area in your life that you felt guilt? I have Making to. fun of the Irish? I, ha- I had to change. And you know what? I made the changes that I am responsible for. 2016, Henry Zabrowski is running for president under the Satan's Liberation Army. That's pro my party. Irish? <laughs> party. That's it. That's all we're pro. We're anti-everything else. What happens when you start doing things in Canada? Your whole power structure gets wrong. <laughs> gets all off. The Irish still have no power. Well, creatures darker than fairies were said to roam the countryside on Halloween as well, such as demons, hobgoblins, and witches who straddled broomsticks and shank bones, flew in sieves or eggshells, or rode on the backs of black horses. I believe it's it's sieves. It's sieves. All right. I like our new pronunciation games. Mm -hmm. (laughs) About the creatures that stalked the night, writer Anne Murray wrote in 1920 in the book Father Allen's Island. The mouth of the night is the choice hour of the sluath, the host of the dead, whose feet never touch the earth as they go drifting in the wind till the day of burning of the thuath, the spirit of terror that frightens folk out of the husk of their hearts. Of the washer who sights with herself in the twilight. Of the slim green-coated ones, the water horse, and whatnot. The light that is shadowless, colorless, softer than moonlight, is ever the light of their liking. At the mouth of that night, along the water courses my ways at the hour of dusk. A loveliness, you had best be shunning. You are like to meet them. To west of houses they pass. What to do? Who shall say? Their ways being no wise human. You know when people say you got a you got a face for radio? <laughs> that author had a voice for writing. <laughs> that is that is awful. Hello, I'm Anne. 
I'm so happy you decided to Just write to it down. Me. Write it down. When you, when I, I, I read your words and I thought you were brilliant and beautiful, but your voice, it's just... I did so well dating on MySpace. <laughs> I have such a problem at these fast dating nights where you date someone for two minutes. I'm bad at first impressions. It sounds like there is a devil trying to get out of you. <laughs> so in response to these creatures who terrified the country folk, masked men started going from house to house, singing and dancing to keep all the evil spirits at bay. This is the tradition that has been passed down to children along with the food offerings, or at least that's what the historians say. Ooh. The origin of giving specifically candy on Halloween has a much more recent Dangerous and American roots. I love what Halloween brings out of people. Mm -hmm. I know there's a lot of violence involved in Halloween, and a lot of people get hurt, and there's yes. a lot of random slashings, and people getting pushed down in alleys, and mm. people get grouped up in groups and beaten with planks. All sorts of <laughs> weird, crazy shit happens on Halloween. Yeah. But there's just something great about a bunch of people in masks scaring the shit out of a bunch of <laughs> normals on the street. I agree with that. But you know, Halloween it used to be exciting when the kids would get candy because it was once a year, but now kids already have onset adult diabetes when they're five years old. I, I feel like no Halloween on, ca on no candy on Halloween. Oh, don't you Fox News. I'm gonna buff. I'm gonna buff. No, Fox News is all about the big candy. <laughs> well, when I say American roots, I mean North American roots. Uh, for in Toronto, Halloween 1945, there was a teenage riot as a group of high schoolers took over the main thoroughfare, started bonfires with gasoline, and when mounted police arrived, the kids threw rocks at them and set up barricades to keep fire trucks from entering. And when police arrested 13 of these kids, a mob of 7,000 teenagers and children marched to the police station to free them and could not be dispersed until the cops brought out tear gas and water cannons. And that is legitimately mm. the last badass thing that any kid in Canada ever did. That's right. <laughs> Very true. They are not a heavy metal people. <laughs> mm -mm. And they actually, it's Canada, so they're tear gas. They just play Liza Minnelli really loud. Yeah, they just, and start, just, crying. start crying. Here's yeah, the guy, it's sensitive. just something about her voice. Oh. It's got, it's a, you know what it is about her voice? It's got longing in it. It does. It does. <laughs> Well, surprisingly, this behavior actually resulted in the modern practice of trick-or-treating. Rather than having children destroy cities, sometimes for days at a time, homeowners, <laughs> homeowners just started giving them candy instead. And it worked! Yeah. Yeah, it was Why just like, it? here, have candy. Don't burn my house down. You see, and I think that's a really a appropriate contract to sign with today's children. They don't, they, they're ready to kill. Totally. <laughs> you know, these kids are popping off left and right. They're gonna kill us. Mm -hmm. And the, you know what the thing about us adults is that we got shit to lose. That's right. <laughs> you know, these kids don't. They so don't give them candy. Don't be one, don't be that fuddy-duddy house that shuts its lights off at Halloween. Because if not, those kids could break into the house, tie up you and your wife, slash you up with razors until you bleed to death. Yeah. So just buy buy the candy. <laughs> buy a bag of candy. Last but not less brought to you by Snickers. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I get so mad when I get hungry. But as with most modern holidays, the traditions come from a lot of different places. Another pa practice from medieval England was quote-unquote souling in which the poor and children would sing and say prayers for the souls of deceased loved ones in exchange for for cake. It just sounds like people were giving them a cake to shut them the fuck up. Yeah. The British ruined it. 
And this was done on Halloween because like so many other pagan holidays, the Catholic Church replaced the November 1st celebration with a Christian holiday, All Saints Day, alternatively known as All Hallows Day. But the pagans won in the end, and October 31st became All Hallows Eve and was eventually shortened to Halloween. And that's why you get to maybe have sex with someone dressed as Marge Simpson tomorrow. (laughs) Ooh, exciting. I want to be Bart. (laughs) Have you seen those pornos? The Bart and Marge? Yeah, Yeah, the family guy. Yeah, Yeah. of course. I've seen them for like three and a half minutes at a time. I will say I am not, as much as I love costumes, I am not that much into the heavily costumed porn film. You're not jerking off to Guar concerts or anything like that? (laughs) No? Yeah, I never once jerked off to Norbit. Huh, strange. So Halloween in America didn't really exist in any true form until the Irish potato famine of 1845 to 1852. They always just crawl their muck-laden knees into the, I love the Irish. Yeah. But they are all over the story. <laughs> That's when the Irish immigrated to America and Canada in numbers reaching the hundreds of thousands. And the Irish, of course, brought many of their traditions with them. Mm. Many Halloween traditions come from the Irish concerning jack-o'-lanterns. An Irish legend tells of a miserly man named Jack who, while alive, tricked the devil into agreeing not to take him to hell. And upon his death, St. Peter wouldn't let Jack into heaven because he'd been too stingy and sinful. The devil wouldn't let him into hell because of the deal they'd made. So Jack was condemned to wander between heaven and hell with his lantern, looking for a place to rest and never finding one. It's very cool. So they had, during the Great Potato Famine, which in, ironically they only had potatoes to eat, they also had pumpkins. Well, but that, at that point they were like, no, that's not food, that's for carving. <laughs> and you could technically eat pumpkins. You definitely could eat in a pumpkin, or you could have made a latte craze. Sure. <laughs> well, pumpkins are a North American plant. They didn't have potatoes over, or they didn't have pumpkins over in Ireland. They only started the jack-o'-lantern once they were firmly in America. I see. Oh, yeah, you see, because then they're looking at these pumpkins just like, hey, look at that. You know what it looks like? It looks like my mother's head, and mm-hmm. I just want to curve her face into it. Oh, my beautiful mother, you see her? Oh, you see her beautiful face? They're like, I'm afraid to say that Mr. McGullicuddy... That's an ugly face you've drawn. <laughs> no, no, no. It's quite beautiful. Uh, you can see her with her craggly teeth and her treading eyes. Oh, typical Irish beauty. Beautiful people. They so, are beautiful. They, they are. Beautiful, are. Yeah. They are. Beautiful. I'm not anti-Irish. No, I don't know what happened, but yeah, no, yeah. no one's anti-Irish. I have, I have Irish ancestry. My mother's maiden name is McMeans. Hmm. I'm very pro-Irish. Although I am firmly American. <laughs> All right. Very good. (laughs) So before Halloween was for children and now for adults that dress up their children to get upvotes and likes and all that sort of shit. I like how you you wrote that into your outline. Well, I wanted to make sure to say that I'm disgusted with all of you parents who are dressing your children up in elaborate costumes. They never look happy. You look happy, but they look miserable because they don't know who Chewbacca is. But also, stop it. Kids don't understand that they're becoming a viral hit. If they knew that their parents were monetizing their face they would be smiling <laughs> kids no kids are more in uh, they're they're in tune with the internet and upvotes that's the only way they get any sort of uh, positive uh, influence in their life especially when they're four <laughs> <laughs> they know <laughs> so before all that halloween was more commonly known as mischief night 
The concept came from the English, who traditionally used November 4th, the night before Guy Fawkes Day, but eventually moved it to October 30th. Of course, Guy Fawkes is the uh, the anonymous fella, yeah. the Did 4chan he, fella. He, he, Guy Fawkes, what is his story? The story is that he tried to blow up the, the, the Buckingham Palace. I don't he know. He tried to blow up Parliament. Was. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Through you didn't do it? Uh, no. It's really tough to do. It's a big place, you know? <laughs> it's well, really it sounds big. like it's celebrating failure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So Mischief Night is known in Yorkshire, England, as it has a lot of different names. I don't like British nicknames. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's known as Mischievous Night. Which is the which you don't do with a nickname. You don't make it longer. Yeah, exactly. Totally wrong. Completely British. Miggy Night? Say it right. Excuse me? Miggy Night? Excuse- Say it right. <laughs> Miggy night. Huh. But say it right. Miggy night. No, say it like say it like you would in Yorkshire. Miggy night. Miggy night. <laughs> Miggy night. <laughs> Chick chack noy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say them Americanly and then Henry will give us the Yorkshire pronunciation. Tic tac night. Chick chack noy. Corn night. Corn night. Corn night. Corn night. Trick night. Trick night. Or Mickey Knight. I have uh, some uh, Mickey Knight. Perfect. <laughs> Parts of New Jersey call it Goosey Night, while in New England it's known as Cabbage Night. Where did you get this Parts of New Jersey piece of information, by the way? Did you have an uncle from New Jersey? <laughs> no, I got it from his. There was this. I got it from the Atlantic. Okay. Yeah, they're a reputable source. Yep. But the reason why in New England it's called Cabbage Night, and also in parts of upstate New York, is because there was once a tradition in which teenagers would raid gardens for rotten cabbage and throw it at houses. Now they do that in Bushwick, and it's called composting. Isn't that exciting? (laughs) I'm sure one of those kids definitely put his penis inside of one of those cabbages. (laughs) So up until the 50s, the trick part of Halloween, that was the focus. On one single Halloween night in Queens, over 1,000 windows were broken. Great Depression only made things worse as people used the night as an excuse for vandalism and extreme violence against each other. And I feel like I wish they had someone like Scrooge, the end of the movie Scrooge, stand up and be like, and let's not just save the vandalism and terrorism for one (laughs) night, but keep it in our hearts for every night in the year. (laughs) I've seen Queens. I think they do. In Camden, New Jersey, Mischief Night escalated to the point that in the 1990s, widespread arson was committed with over 130 arsons on the night of October 30th, 1991. However, there is no city in the world that compares to what happens in Detroit every year, Devil's Night. Oh, I thought you were supposed oh, to say man. the uh, representation of our economic slide and the in the slide of American power globally. Because of democratic policies. No, don't you do this. <laughs> okay, so Detroit just burns on Halloween. On Devil's Night, arson is the primary crime. The destruction peaked in the mid to late 80s with 1984 counted more than 800 fires in a single night. And during this period, anywhere between 500 and 800 fires were set in the three days and nights before Halloween in mm-hmm. a typical year. And again, if they had just taken this scenario and just started dancing around the fires, it right. would have been cooled old school Halloweens and not 
massive vandalism and terrorism. Yeah, I feel like we've actually gotten more extreme. We usually look at the primitive, uh, older cultures as primitive and more violent, but we really, uh, they just danced around fires and burnt random women. I just think what you do is, but, that, but in a scenario like this, you take that frown, you turn it upside down, right. and you use the fires as either to throw your barbecue meat on mm-hmm. or to dance around with no clothes on. Right. Or it's light to loot things by. Yep. In Detroit, most of those house fires were caused by Bill Lambeer. Little known fact. Especially in 1984. Loved it. So after a particularly merciless Devil's Night in 1994, Detroit city officials organized and created Angel's Night to protect the city. And in each year since, as many as 50,000 volunteers patrol the city from October 29th to October 31st. Fires have since plunged to near ordinary levels. <laughs> Detroit? It's like 10 a night. In 2010 being the only exception with 142 fires, a 42% increase from the previous year. Damn. Mm. Yeah. And Angel's Night has only been canceled once since its inception. It was canceled in 2005 due to the death of Rosa Parks. Why? Because they were afraid they were get- did they like set her body on fire and they were afraid the <laughs> yeah. Angel's Night people we're going to come and put it out? I have no idea. Seems like a strange reason not to protect your city. Because Rosa Parks died, so they're like, burn it down. I don't get it. Yeah, this 95-year-old woman died. Burn it down. But it's like in the end of when Batman got his bat bro- his back broken. Mm. At the end of the comic book, and they held a vigil for him. It was like that, but with Rosa Parks. And But I still... She didn't die by having her spine snapped by a no. 350-pound mass criminal. Correct? No, I remember that, though, when Bane was like, get to the back of the bus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And she was like, that. no, I won't. Mr. Bane, I won't do it. I certainly won't. And he's like, I will break the woman. And then... <laughs> That's right, yeah. Mr. <laughs> Paul. Does Bane have to sound like that, by the way? The kid will just go along with Hardy's take on the man. Oh, well, I hope you can stand. I got these better rings. And just Werther's, like Werther's, like the butterscotch candy. I find your opera in court poetry, Mrs. I send my better rings at you. Oh, you will, you will crumble at the side of Rosa Parks, Queen of the Night. That would be sad to watch Bane try to eat a sweet Werther's original, though, with his old mask on. <laughs> I can't eat it. Oh, I wish I could enjoy the butterscotch goodness. All these delicious rules. I'm sorry, Mrs. Box. Oh. I wish we could have subtitles because no one's going to understand no. any of our Bane stuff. No, but candy does soothe all wounds. It really does. Yeah. That's why they Except- gave it to rioting children to keep them exactly. from uh, destroying Toronto. But would you call diabetes like an ongoing interior wound? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, one that slowly removes all of your limbs. You're supposed to have candy once a year. That's all I'm saying. Do you know someone struggling to figure out their mental health benefits? The Mental Health Insurance Assistance Office is here to help. Find us at insurance.ohio.gov slash G-E-T-M-H-I-A or call us at 855-438-6442. Don't wait. The Mental Health Insurance Assistance Office can help you figure out what mental health insurance benefits may be in their plan. Call us today at 855-438-6442. Welcome back to our studio where we have a special guest with us today, Toucan Sam from Fruit Loops. Toucan Sam, welcome. It's my pleasure to be here. Oh, and um, it's Fruit Loops, just so you know. Uh, fruit? Fruit. Yeah, fruit. No, it's Fruit Loops. The same way you say studio. 
That's not how we say it. Fruit Loops, find the loopy side. Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad. Rubber-coated hardware for a better fit and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. Your home is your place of peace. It's clean. It's welcoming. And it's definitely not crawling with invading insects if you use Ortho Home Defense Max. Use it indoors on non-porous surfaces to treat and prevent cockroaches, spiders, and ants for up to 12 months. So your home can stay your place of peace, your work-from-home office, and your family's headquarters. Kill bugs inside, keep bugs outside, and love your home. Visit ortho.com for more. So one bizarre response to consistent destruction of property came in Omaha, Nebraska in the 40s. Neighborhood hooliganism got so bad that the police commissioner recruited 500 of the quote-unquote worst boys to be quote-unquote boy police on Halloween, giving them badges and beats. And much like the Stanford prison experiment, giving hooligans authority worked and juvenile crime on Halloween largely disappeared. And I yeah. heard that, um, th- 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 those were the categories that Jared kept his boys in as well. Yeah. Jared <laughs> Fogel. <laughs> Worst boys, boy police. <laughs> oh God. Him and Jerry Sandusky, just Ooh. their forefathers. That's exactly, that's the town they ran. Um, <laughs> I don't think I want to briefly talk about is gang initiation quote-unquote gang initiation on Halloween, which is a rumor that is not real. No matter what you hear on the news, there's no gang. They don't get together on on Halloween to uh, kill people. There was a rumor back in, uh, I believe it was 2010, that they were going to kill 31 women on Halloween night in order to initiate people into the bloods. Um, But it's not true. They go to Halloween parties. Gangbangers love Halloween Mm -hmm. because at that Mm -hmm. time you can wear a mask and you're celebrated. I don't know if you have a proper understanding of gang violence. I'm yeah, because I, I did. I, I went they, through. A, I went through a list of um, Halloween murders, and most of them were gang related. Yeah, but you also look on the 30th and the first, and they're also gang related. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> no, but there, there's also there was a number of face slashings, but that was fun. Technically, that's <laughs> trick or treating. That's not getting yeah. the candy. You're gonna get your face slashed by a crip. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not necessarily just don't believe that you have to like lock your doors and think that the gangs are coming out at night to do, do stuff on Halloween. But again, They're doing it every day. Yes, every day. So, <laughs> I would just say lock your door every day. Just be afraid. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> well, speaking of which, now we're going to move on to some famous Halloween murders. Yeah. Cool. So Peter Fabiano is our first victim. In 1957, in Sun Valley, California, Peter Fabiano answered his door at 11 p.m. on Halloween night, thinking it to be a late trick-or-treater. Mm-hmm. Let me get this door, Martha. It seems like some poor kid was left up. His parents probably on methamphetamines. <laughs> his wife, Betty, only heard the muffled voice of a man imperson- impersonating a woman downstairs. And then the gunshot of a 38 caliber weapon. 
Turned out, after a rough patch in their marriage, Betty had gone to live with another woman, a one Miss Joan Rabble. Mm. Afterwards, Peter and Betty reconciled on the condition that Betty never see her quote-unquote roommate ever again. Rose, you gotta get a three-way out of this. Yeah, this is their time to what flip is- You got two clam slappers. You yeah. gotta be the shuckster in the middle of them clam slapping. Party. Open it up. Come on. This dude just did not parlay the experience, uh, the situation whatsoever into a great experience. All right. I cannot stand the mutual masturbation. I cannot stand the two of you writhing over each other, covered in oil, sucking on each other's breasts like you're trying to get milk out of there. All right. I want to have a normal sexless life with you, Betty. This guy got it all wrong. I'm going to sit here and enjoy my plain corned beef. <laughs> all right? And we are not going to have threesome sex tonight, Betty. Mm. Meanwhile, she's just going like... Just <laughs> rubbing herself on the oh, fucking yeah. edge of the couch. This guy, he likes unseasoned meats, sugar-free things. So although the lover, Joan Rabble, had not pulled the trigger, a woman named Goldine Pizer claimed Rabble had cast a spell on her, compelling her to commit the murder. In actuality, Rabble had spent months convincing this woman that Peter Fabiano was a human monster mm. who deserved to die. She would just constantly say, like, this guy beats his wife, he beats his kids, uh, he's terrible to her, this man is a blight on the earth, we must get rid of him. And after months and months of just jamming that into this woman's head, finally she relented and said, all right, I'll kill him. Well, maybe she was also d- talking in the middle of just stabbing at that clit like an anteater with her tongue. <laughs> yeah, just like She must have been a marvel at it. Twisting these women back and forth. Yeah. Away from Peter? (laughs) Sad. So the reason why they chose Halloween for the murder was because uh, Pizer's disguise, a Zorro mask, and dark face paint wouldn't be as conspicuous. (laughs) A bit racist. (laughs) A tiny bit racist. She went as a black face Zorro? (laughs) That was it, huh? I guess it was the 40s, right? Different times. So Pizer knocked on the door and shot Fabiano in the chest. And the reason why, like, it took a very long time for the police to actually find the murderer. Eventually, they tracked down through, like, they they talked to Betty, who said, okay, there's this woman, Joan Rabble, that might have had something to do with it. Rabble said, nope. Over and over again, had nothing to do with nothing to do with it. But through persistent police work, eventually they connected Pizer to the crime and found that Pizer had taken out uh, a storage locker in a bus station. They went, opened up the storage locker, and in was the thirty-eight caliber weapon. So you're telling me it was a blackface Zaro, huh? Ah, man, there's got to be 500, 600 of those out there on the streets right now. Blackface Zorro is the world's biggest costume right now. God damn it. And, of course, both Pizer and Rabble spent the rest of their lives in prison. In a woman's a- prison, getting Ooh. nuts with it. I've seen some videos. Absolutely. Mm. Playing, having punching bag parties with each other. Mm, <laughs> slapping her boobies back and forth and saying stuff, being like... Bet I can't find your clit. She's like, I'll bet you can. Different ideas about the mass incarceration problem in the country. Um, I don't think the chick should have gone to jail. The one that convinced the other, the chick to kill the dude. I mean, she just did a good job of convincing her friend. Her friend still did it. 
Hey man, it's the same as uh, it's the same as hiring someone for a murder. If you put, but the, she didn't give her any money, did she? No, she did not. But even though the transaction was not taken, uh, that it was still, uh, you could still say she was responsible. for Technically, it. Yeah, she's an accessory to murder, yeah. and then they probably trumped up the charges because they were in a lesbian affair. And at the time, I imagine that was highly, highly scandalous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, she was a bit of a Svengali. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Svenlicky. All <laughs> 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 right. <laughs> 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 Jerk off. <laughs> You're a jerk off, jerk off. <laughs> Next, we get to Michael Skakel. Now, is it Skakel or is it Skakel? <laughs> mm. What's better? I don't know. Skakel? Both make me nauseous. I'm going to go Skakel on this one. Got to go Skakel. So Martha Moxley, she met her death on Halloween 1975 in Greenwich, Connecticut. She was beaten to death with a golf club, and her murder would remain unsolved until 2002 when Michael Skakel, Skakel. nephew of mm. Robert F. Kennedy's widow, was finally tried and convicted. Some say the Kennedy connection is what kept Skakel out of jail. Out of jail mm-hmm. for so long. Skakel! I agree, it probably is. Uh, it definitely is. Yeah. <laughs> the Kennedys always got away with murder. Especially the most Kennedy way to kill somebody is killing someone by a thing you can find at a country club. Right, <laughs> yeah, might as well strangle her with a sweater. <laughs> And finally, we get to what is possibly the most famous Halloween murder there is, the Candyman murder. Yeah, this is pretty good. In 1974, Ronald Clark O'Brien, a.k.a. the Candyman, a.k.a. the man who killed Halloween. But little does he know that Halloween cannot die because it lives in the land of the undead. (laughs) Hmm. He laced his eight-year-old son's pixie stick with cyanide after taking out an insurance policy on the child. Gangsta. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. That's an easy way to make money. Because this is the thing, right? You can just make more kits. And then you put more <laughs> right. insurance policies on the kids. You fucking whack them, whack them, whack them, whack them. You and your wife can go live in the south of France. And That's fucking right. within five years, yeah, she's all loose in the bottom. But you could just do the C-section. That's right. Making money, making money on top of money. Boom. So how O'Brien pulled it off is he opened up the sugary candy sticks, filled the top two inches with powdered cyanide, and stapled them back shut. So the kid wasn't too fucking bright? No, definitely not. (laughs) Well, if you don't know what a pixie stick is, it's just a paper stick filled with flavored sugar. Yeah, but very rarely stapled at the top, <laughs> like it was put together by some maniac from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre family. This is a brand new pixie <laughs> stick, all right? Mm-hmm. I'm letting everybody know I'm giving my son a brand new, unopened <laughs> pixie stick. Looks like it was opened a little bit there. Nah, nah, shut your fucking mouth. Okay. I'll poison you with this barrel of cyanide I have. Oh. Interesting. Oh, this guy was an idiot. He asked every, in the months leading up to it, he asked every person he knew, was like, so, uh, how much cyanide you need to kill a child? Listen, okay, listen, right. okay, listen. All right, let's say, <laughs> hypothetical. I'm trying to kill my son in some fucking Byzantine insurance scam. Exactly how much fucking cyanide I got to slip into a pixie stick and force him to eat. This is when you pull the asking for a friend lol. Asking for a friend lol. He also, he went to like a chemical supply store mm. and tried to buy cyanide. But the guy's like, I can't sell you any less than five pounds. I what? love it. No no more, no less. Just enough to kill your whole family <laughs> and maybe some whole, of the extended family too. Kill most of the town. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. But also... 
He didn't have to do it on Halloween. No. He could have just put it in his food. And he could have just eaten on his food. Well, he had a whole scheme going because right. he didn't just give pixie sticks to his son. He also gave them to his daughter, who he also had an insurance policy out on. But he loved her more. <laughs> no, the daughter was just smarter. And he also get or smarter mm. or just didn't get to the pixie stick in time. Uh, and he also gave pixie sticks to three other children in the neighborhood. He was seeding. So if all of these kids all got sick at the same time. You'd say, like, well, how they? I don't know where they got it from. They got it from somewhere. The only problem was because it was raining, they only went up and down two streets. Right. So and he, was one, he was the one giving pixie sticks. <laughs> so that is today's lesson for the parents out there of children and for the people that will be trick-or-treating. If the Snicker bar is stapled at both ends, that is not a Snickers bar. That is cyanide. That is horse shit. That is horse <laughs> shit. <laughs> Possibly human feces. Also, how cruel. Because it's like me and my sister didn't get along when we were growing up. It's like we get along great now. But at the time, how cruel do you have to be as a sister to be like, see it be stapled shut and be like, here you go, Tommy. You can have mine. Check it I out. know. He's like, here you go. Have extra. I know you like them. And it's like sitting. Watch. <laughs> yeah. Always be suspicious of your brothers or sisters when they're nice to you. Oh, yes. I agree completely. There was enough powder in those pixie sticks to kill two full-grown adults. It's better, it's, you know, because you can always take away. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's always better. That's an editing trick. Right. You can always take away. Shoot you can't more. Play. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the kid, of course, like almost immediately was like, Daddy, my tummy hurts. He went into the bathroom, started puking, started convulsing, and he died on the way to the hospital. Cyanide works very quickly. And, of course, the cops started canvassing the neighborhood. Mm. And by neighborhood, I mean two blocks, two short suburban blocks. Yeah. Uh, they found out that no house had given out pixie sticks. None of them. Except again, for this guy. Except for this guy. He is the only one that had given out pixie sticks. Of course, he was found to be the perpetrator very soon. Uh, And O'Brien, here's an interesting little uh, tidbit of trivia for you about O'Brien. He was the first inmate in Texas to be executed by lethal injection. Oh, I thought you were going to say pixie stick. (laughs) That would be be pretty good. That would be Alanis Morissette ironic. That would be. I would love that. 300 demonstrators gathered outside Huntsville Prison chanting, Trick or treat! Trick or treat! And pelted anti-death penalty protesters with candy. Oh, I love that. (laughs) I'm personally against the death penalty. I don't think the state should put anyone to death. But if you are going to kill somebody, I think this guy is, uh, he's right for the picking. Well, he's just also dumb. Yeah. (laughs) You you get to throw candy at protesters, which if you're a protester, very confusing. Absolutely. Because you also, I mean, you're hungry from hours of protesting. Yeah. But again... Empty calories. Empty calories, yeah. Of course. And, of course, this is where the uh, urban legend of poison Halloween candy comes from. And there is not, by the way, not a single documented case of poisoned Halloween candy, razor blades and Halloween candy. Nothing horrible wrong with Halloween candy. I'm sure there has been some, yes, yeah. Dookie bars here and there, but that's not national news. But that's just fun. Again, it's yeah. fun. It's Halloween. It's a mischievous holiday. Oh, yeah. I mean, Dookie plays a big part of Halloween. There's a lot of, you know, like the uh, the Dookie bags, the big flaming Dookie bags. We used to do it all the time as kids. It was, yeah. It's one of the funnest things you can ever do. Mm-hmm. Again, a good thing, a good way to mix it up is don't do it on Halloween because they're looking for it. Do it on Christmas. It's a random day, <laughs> whenever you want to. Yeah. Yeah. Go play your ding dong ditch. Do everything. You can do it any day of the week. Mm-hmm. You can do it any month. Just have fun with it, but just do put it when dookie they least- around. Yeah, just dookie, especially if it's somebody who's real like fussy. <laughs> yeah, 
who like dresses real nice all the time, and then he yeah. gets shit all over his spats, and he's like, my spats! And then you guys could just laugh about it for right. days, and your right. whole life will be filled. Take back your childhood. Yes. That's what I say. Yes, if you yeah. have any sort of fastidious widowers that live in your neighborhood, please put Dookie on their port so they can stomp it out, and then when he catches you, mm-hmm. You can both learn an important lesson, and you can become fast friends, and unfortunately, he will die just as you're both starting to understand each other, but you'll learn some very important life lessons. Well, hopefully he dies, because if he lives long enough, he eventually molests you. <laughs> That's right. And of course, you'll get caught and probably become a roundtable of gentlemen story, um, which is kind of fun. Um, man, so it's Halloween night, guys. Yeah, man. It's I I love Halloween. I missed a bunch yep. of it. I was up in Toronto, and they don't know how to celebrate it because they're a bunch of nerds. Um, I, I I'm, we're going out tomorrow night. The Cowmen are playing a show out in some weird loft thing, and we're gonna get nuts and yeah, weird. That's it. Um, so excited to take whatever drugs are offered to me. Oh, I got a couple of drugs for you. What like and what? a pixie sticker too. Uh, if it's stapled, don't bother. Uh, you know, questioning it. I don't need slam any, it down. I don't need any Lipitor. Mm-hmm. In, uh, are we? Do- is that the whole episode? That's it. Oh, yeah. exciting! If you're in Colorado, be careful with your children because they are warning that there's going to be a bunch of weed in the chocolate. Okay. So make sure to try all there's of your kids' weed treats. Weed in the chocolate. Weed in the chocolate, which sounds like an amazing trick or treat uh, experience. Love that idea. Yeah. Fucking and, please put weed in my chocolate. And don't forget the Halloween costume that is all the rage this year: black face sorrow. So go as <laughs> Blackface Sorrow, it's not going to get you fired from your job. Definitely. Take a picture of yourself, dress up as Blackface Sorrow, put them up on Facebook, right. because that is going to keep you your job. That's correct. <laughs> and your friends, yeah. and it's not going to make you unhirable for the rest of your life. Because, and, and nothing is permanent once it's put on the internet. No, no, and don't use makeup. Use a Sharpie. That is very good. Okay, I'm just kidding, obviously. Do not do that. Please. There was, there was a chick who did that, and she's still coming. Did you see that? No. She, she, yeah, she's she's forever scarred with with Sharpie Blackface Sharpie. <laughs> Good. Anyway, she ruined her life. So, um, well, happy Halloween! Thank yeah. you guys so much for coming out last week to the live show. We had so much fun. And it's always incredible to meet everyone. Yeah, always incredible to meet everyone. Uh, yeah, thanks. And we also have a lot of thanks uh, to put out there. Uh, oh, before we get to thanks, though, uh, let's plug a show uh, that's happening here on November 4th, Wednesday at the Creek of the Cape, yeah. 1093 Jackson Avenue. It's a fundraiser for our friend Eric Bergstrom, uh, who's been diagnosed with stage four lymphoma, and he needs quite a bit of money to survive uh, so if you guys want to come on out for that it's a night of a hundred one-liners uh, Henry I believe you're gonna be performing Ben where you I am you I am performing I just interviewed Eric he's an amazing guy you you uh, you'll he's love incredibly him. funny um, and a really really good man it's one right. of those tragic things of like sometimes bad things happen to good people right. but mm-hmm. he's really be, he's keeping a good head about him he'll beat it he'll beat the cancer so yeah November 4th that's gonna be a super fun night despite the cause, uh, you know, but we will defeat cancer with every PBR. And also, <laughs> November 7th, last podcast in left, we'll be doing a live show at the DC Podfest. Mm-hmm. This is going to be amazing. Yes. Yeah, tickets are available online right now. You can go to D- dcpodfest.com uh, and buy tickets for the last podcast on the left live show. Yep. Uh, and go get them now because they are almost sold out. And I will finally be there. Yeah. I will yes. finally be at the show. And we are going to be giving Obama what for. That's right. <laughs> 
Uh, so, uh, Henry, you are here forever and ever and ever. Yeah, until, I mean, I mean, my career is over. That That's what that means. <laughs> Great. So, yes. That's yes, awesome. Here. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And that's going to be fucking awesome. Yeah. So, uh, let's do uh, some thank yous right now uh, for some of the people. That everyone's been sending us some amazing stuff uh, for Halloween. Uh, we definitely want to thank Maddie Webster for sending us some amazing coffee from Bungo Java Roasting It's Company. very tasty. Thank you, Maddie. Hail Satan mm. to you. Uh, we want to give a thanks to Noel for knitting us our beer mittens. Oh, my God. I brought the beer mitten on the stage for the last one. Well, so did, did you, Marcus. And it is one of the funnest things I've ever experienced in my entire life. You got yours, Henry? Uh, yeah, and I used it in the house. <laughs> oh, you have to. Yeah. It makes you feel like I, a little Eskimo, but also a drunk. Legitimately, <laughs> totally nude, but just my beer mitten. I love it. I <laughs> love it. they're great because the only clothes you need to wear is a beer mitten and a smile. That's right. <laughs> and, of course, we thanked all of our jerky people up to uh, finally, uh, I want to uh, thank, or we all want to thank, uh, Christina Nail for sending us an amazing painted pumpkin. Yeah, it's oh pretty sweet. Like, it's so sweet. It, it's yeah, We're going to post a picture of it on yep. the Facebook page. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, thank you so much, Christina, for sending us uh, this this pumpkin. And thanks to everybody for all the stuff that you sent us. Of course, uh, Ellie Brown sent us something last week. Some amazing mm-hmm. Ray Harryhausen color and book. And also, Joe Harvey, I want to mention one more time uh, because he came all the way from Grand Rapids, Michigan to come to the live show so amazing. Uh, last Saturday. That's so incredible. Thank Thank you so much, man. It's and so cool. And I also want to say to my buddy Ron Shaw, who is uh, started, he started his own uh, pottery uh, company online nice. called The Claw on the Sea. He's going. He's beginning to make. Uh, Ed Gein skull bowls that he will sell on his Etsy page, uh, and he just needs basically the the find the request from you guys. So it's like go and go to the Claw on the Sea on Etsy and be like, I want my Ed Gein skull bowl, and he will make it. Yeah, why wouldn't you? That yeah. sounds like a great gift. Yeah, it's a wonderful. Awesome. Yeah, it's, I think that's absolutely wonderful. We got so many great people listening mm-hmm. to the last podcast on the left that create so many great things. Yeah, I can't believe it. You know, yep. we're all we're not all monsters. <laughs> no, nope, you know not they, they just assume. It, we you know? channel our monsterism into creativity. That's, That's right. what I keep saying to everyone who'll hear me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you guys so much. I mean, the art is absolutely amazing. I mean, truly incredible art. Yeah. I mean, everyone, yeah, so talented. Praise be to Satan, um, the only real deity. Hail yourselves. Happy Halloween. I mean, what are we on? Are this Is this the third Halloween that we've done now this show? Yeah. Yes. Isn't that amazing? It's pretty incredible. So we've, we've been around for four years, but this is really for the first time, the third time we're actually officially celebrating Halloween. That's right. And Satan is happy because he could tell because he is lying to my pockets with trinkets. <laughs> and check out, yeah, so tomorrow uh, check out the show. I don't know the address for the Cowman show, but it's at like 11 o'clock at night or I something. I don't even know the address for so, it. It's some weird loft party in Bushwick. Marcus will post it on so Facebook or crazy. something. I'm so fucking crazy. Yeah. Okay, well. Oh yeah, we're going to be walking the left-hand path all night long. Yeah, eat and come. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, bring me my cakes of light. Ritual makes perception makes reality. Yes, and hi, Elgin, everyone. Yep. And a magustalation. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yep. uh, and hail me. And if you don't, I'm going to come to your house. I'm going to set it on fire while your family's inside of it. That's very funny, Henry. Happy Halloween. Yep. And <laughs> all the shows here, Cave Comedy Radio. Thanks yes. for supporting them. Page yep. 7 is good. Yes, page 7, Sex on the Human Activities, uh, Abe Lincoln's Top Hat and Roundtable of Gentlemen. And also, one more thing about us, episode 200 is coming up. Uh-oh. And we've got something very special planned for you guys. So... Eating cum. <laughs> I don't think we're going to eat cum. No eating cum. I don't think you're going to eat cum. I'm definitely not going to eat cum. <laughs> we'll see what happens once the cum is presented. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> 
For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. Stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats to keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3rd, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. Legend has it, underneath the NJM insurance offices lies a mysterious room of long-forgotten, moldy mascot memorabilia, often pitched by ad agencies, always rejected by NJM. Is it real? We may never know. But what is real is NJM's dedication to doing what's right for their customers. Astoundingly, they're proud to put policyholders first. No jingles or mascots, just great insurance. Learn more at NJM.com.